Let's go. impromptu episode hello hello is anybody there um this podcast has no direction uh i'm pretty much just uh resharpening my skills because i'm about to start picking up and uh start producing and this is all for me just to go through a test run all the while uh relieving some of the things and thoughts that have been on me not necessarily weighing on me but you know just getting it out there you know just how i observing the world um first and foremost the sound quality is going to be a bit little off because i'm recording on my balcony so um yeah (laughs) so if you hear cars drive by whatever you know um just go with the flow or whatever random noise but uh this is q's corner podcast i also um contemplating changing it to this thing called life but i don't know i like this the latter better but it's unfortunately other podcasts with that same name so uh just going with the flow um announcements um picking up podcasting again um the main thing the focus of today is um moving with purpose and you know, I was I was having a a session where it was a couple nights ago. You know, I, I couldn't sleep. You know, um, just really couldn't sleep. I had to work the next day. Had to be there at six thirty. But you know, I was just up and just thinking, and you know, I I, I had this vision of myself. <clears throat> what would the greater essence? Oh, I just gotta message but what would, what would be the greatest form or um, the best version of myself that I would be proud to be you know as far as how I moved how I talked you know what I would be doing and you know um, fortunately that vision isn't so cloudy but the whole premise of moving with purpose is just to you know um remain cognizant or remain aware of that person being there and working towards that, whether it's a step, whether it's a run, whether it's a full-out sprint. Um, excuse me. But, you know, um, this thing called life, man, it it throws you for a loop. And, you know, um, one of the greatest words that I've heard is that... Uh, don't let your food go cold watching what's on someone else's plate can't tell you who who told me that um so if you hear this and you say i told you that uh, i'll confirm it but thank you um you know it's something that's rolled with me for a while and you know at times i forget that and i think that and this is strictly my opinion you know i'm i'm not necessarily stating this as fact but you know i I'm a firm believer that the more access that we gain to people through our phones, uh, the more we begin to become more thief by comparison. You know what I mean? Like we 
inadvertently compare what we have going on to what they have going on or it's like a measuring stick you know you see the people that you grew up in high school with and you know your peers and seeing what their moves that they're making and not that they're that you're not happy for them you know it puts you in a reality check like um i wonder what i'm doing all the while they could be looking at you and be like yo so-and-so's doing this and this and that and that <laughs> and shooting me on the other foot you could be the person that they're looking at for inspiration you know what i mean but you know i just wanted to put that out there because you know more often times than not man we have we're so hypercritical of ourselves and i'll give you a prime example like if someone puts up a video and they're talking and before they start talking they say oh hey y'all excuse this bump on my chin all the while you didn't even notice the bump but now that they said it you're looking at it and it's just like okay whatever it's not a big deal but that person who says it may be like damn I'm doing this but I got this bump on my chin and it's really irking me and da 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 I'm not making me want to do this you know what I mean so um moving with purpose and you know just understand that um your people's perception of you is vastly uh different from your perception of yourself um i was thinking about this today on my ride home from work and you know i don't understand this and i'm not trust me i'm not trying to be uh braggadocious or place myself in a higher state but and it's going to sound crazy when i say this but i wonder why people hold me to a high regard you know or um i've been told i come off as intimidating or you know someone who has their ducks in a row or um i've been called judgmental i've been called i don't know i don't understand it uh me personally i am a very understanding person you know i can't sit here and say i do not judge i don't make my judgments out loud so to speak it's all internal but you know it's something i'm working on um, i often say have to remind myself that people you know they walk a different path in life and you know they have different events and different actions therefore it creates this being that exists in this ecosystem but you know um yeah i get i've, I've heard that i've been um i can be intimidating i can be judgmental uh people hold me to a higher standard um people say that i carry myself well man in all honesty i'm i am just an average joe man i'm special in my own right you know i have a gift that i can give to the world and i'm still searching for that you know that you know i feel like there's a, a purpose that i have in this world but um i think it comes from uh people place you in a higher higher status when they can't figure figure you out or your words become valued the less you speak you know you meet somebody who talks all the time eventually you're gonna it's gonna become background noise 
versus someone who speaks with intention. And I'm not just trying to make this about myself. Please take it this, don't take it this way. But this is for my people who, um, who do a lot of observing and people aren't able to figure you out. You know, you're not alone. So <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but back to the point of moving with purpose, it's more so an awareness, man. And you have to dictate your own speed. You have to move in accordance to you. You can't let this world rush you. You can't let people rush you. You can't let what others doing rush you. You know, no one knows God's plan. You know, hence the whole argument between free will and preordained steps. If I said that correctly or used that correct, I'm not particularly sure. But um, all in all, to sum this all up, you know, um, there is a special gift that you have in the world. There is uh, something that you can offer people. You are special for a reason. And don't allow others' actions, their manipulative ways, their... Um, condescending ways and it may be people that you genuinely love but you know some you have to move in accordance to you it's easier said than done i get it i get it man you know um i'll give you a prime example for me um a lot of my creative process and things that i'm building on right now it took me a long time to move past this because you know, I worked under the premise of, I wonder what my family, my aunts, my uncles are going to think. Man, fuck their opinions. Fuck them. Not fuck them as a, excuse my language, but not them as in terms of their place in your life. But the moment that you put people's opinions of you into, I guess, to interfere with uh, what your steps or your, what you're passionate about then you know you're putting yourself in their jail they become your puppet or you I mean you become their puppet you know what I mean so that's what I mean I had to emphasize the f word because you know it's a something that get your attention but yeah man um it's it's difficult to explain, but um, those who know, know, and I'm not saying like me personally, but people who can relate to this understand, you know, we grow up as children, you know, with the means of always respecting your elders and as you should. And at times, you know, um, <laughs> me and my dad had a conversation about this, but you know, um, at times, your parents or your loved ones or, you know, whoever raised you, whoever's been in your life, wants the best for you um, in their eyes. But they don't they don't they don't take your 5000 steps a day in your shoes. They don't see everything that they see. You don't have a camera on you. They don't know what your life is like. They don't know how you think. And it. And it all goes back to people being 
uh, imprisoned by others' expectations. You know, for often it's so many people that live under this, I don't wanna let my parents down. I don't wanna let so-and-so down. I don't wanna disappoint so-and-so. And so in turn, it turns into that person that you respect becoming someone that controls you inadvertently because they place these ideals in you on you and they uh they have a vision for your life and what it is that you want to do you know um and it goes back to i was i mentioned my father and you know he and i had a conversation and believe it or not the conversation wasn't even spoken wasn't any words spoken it's just something that we both picked up um, we are more alike than we both realize we're a lot alike. And one of the things that we both kind of inadvertently communicated with each other is that everything, <laughs> everything or what you should do should not be uh, spoken on. If that makes sense. Like, let's say I have a child. If Matt had a child, and I say I see that child about to um, running towards the kitchen, and there's a toy in the in the way, of, and you see that no, that child's gonna trip on it. I'm not gonna hurt himself. They're gonna trip on it. You say, hey, stop! Don't move. Move that toy out the way. All the while, the child may be thinking, let me go jump over, let me run and jump over this. And if I fall, I learn my lesson. Or do you want to walk on eggshells? And I'll lose my train of thought. But the thing is, this is, I'll just break it down. My father growing up has this thing where uh, he's admitted he's OCD. So, <laughs> and he's hard headed like I am. And you can't tell us anything. So, we gotta do it, we gotta see, we gotta fall on our own. We gotta bust our behind for us to understand. And uh, he's mentioned things to me and say, son, well, you should, duh, you should, duh, you should. And eventually that should got silent <laughs> because my mother told me, um, you're gonna, all right, I keep, going in circles but this is gonna bring it all full circle um three weekends ago my dad climbed up a tree and he wanted to chop down or cut down his limb that was uh casting a major shade on the on his house so you know um the tree had to be like 20 feet high on a limb that he used a ladder to get on he wanted me to be there just to watch him so, you know, my anxiety kicking in. I'm like, oh man, don't do this, don't do this. I'm thinking in my head, Dad, if you listen to me, if you, if you ever listen to me, please do not do this. Now go up there, please come down. Just do this for me. You know what he said? Oh, son, I got this. I got this. I got it. Just you know, look out for them, make sure I'm good. And you know, when I cut them down, just pull them out the way so they don't hit the house or whatever. So he knocks off the little ones, knocks off the little ones. 
and there's his trunk. So he starts sawing. And what he did was he tied a rope to one end, to the end of the um, branch that was sticking out towards the house. And he had me pull the branch away from the house so that once it falls, it doesn't fall and hit the house. So I'm like, oh shoot, my heart beating fast, nothing's even happening. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So he's cutting, he's cutting. And all of a sudden, the branch start coming down. And, you know, I just had to take off. I took all my might in that rope and I took off running in the opposite direction. The branch didn't hit the house. The branch landed away from the house. But guess what? The, the branch was pinching my father's arm between the trunk that goes up and the branch. This branch had to be like maybe, I don't know, it was heavy. So, you know, he's, he's cutting off circulation in his arm, he's pinching, he's losing feeling, and all of a sudden he starts panicking. So, um, he says, oh shoot, my hand's stuck, yeah, run down here to the shed and grab me this, grab me this. So I'm taking off running, I'm like, my heart's beating all fast, I'm running down to the shed. Shed had to be maybe um, 50 yards, run down to the shed, downhill, went and looked for it. Damn, it's not down here, it's up in the, I didn't see it. He said, no, it's up in the garage. All the while, I'm like, man, my dad, I'm thinking in my head, my dad's about to lose his fucking arm, like, off this bullshit. So I'm panicking, I'm running up to the garage, which is up another 75 yards, like past him. Running up there, you know, um, looking for this thing, it's called a Sawzall. And it's like an electronic saw that you can extend up to the branch or whatever. So I'm sitting here, it's battery power, he got, all kinds of batteries and shit. So I know exactly what it looked like, but I can't find it all the while. This is in the back of my head. And, um, you know, my sister's home from college. She uh, graduated um, from NCNC. Shout out to you, sis. Love you. Proud of you. And my mother come out. My neighbor come out. Like, everybody's making a big panic. I'm, like, panicking, running, slipping, and falling. You know, grab the saw. And then my neighbor came out, climbed up um, the ladder to try to like help alleviate some of the pain because this is going on for like maybe three minutes, which to me at the time felt like 10 minutes. And um, long story short, short story long, uh, we ended up cutting the branch and you know, the branch fell down. We cut it with like a, a, hack, a hacksaw and um you know i'm sitting here out of breath i'm pissed off i'm angry i'm, I'm shook like anxiety just hit me like so <laughs> my mom is looking and she's looking at him and i'm like i told his ass not to go up there i told his ass and i just stormed off like I'm pissed off and you know this was after i knew that he was cool Anywho, drove off, came back, you know, he went to the ER and all this stuff got, got right. But, you know, um, later, I was like, man, I was talking to my mom and uh, 
yeah. So her and I are talking, I'm like, I prayed and I told her, I was like, Dad, if you listen to me at this point, please don't do it. Man, I said, he just do what he want to do. <laughs> you know what she said? She said, huh? You the exact same way. You know, you know that your dad says the same thing about you. That you gonna do whatever you want to do regardless. Y'all thick-headed like that. And I guess, and that at that point, you know, I've learned that he's gonna do what he wants. I can advise, and he's gonna do everything, and he knows I'm gonna do whatever I want. He can advise, and it's gonna be taken into consideration. But you know, um. Yeah, that was just a random story, but yeah, he and I have an understanding. So um, I'm going to take a quick pause and I'll be right back. And we're back in today's segment, uh, Things I Wonder. Um, This isn't a conspiracy podcast. I'm not doing any conspiracy theories it's just things that I wonder um, I wonder why um, and if you have any ideas as to why you know please fill me in or if there's something that you know that I don't know please fill me in um, number one um, I wonder why there is a coin shortage and everything is being moved electronically, you know, in terms of payment. Like me personally, I have not touched a dollar in, like a physical dollar in, maybe over six months. Um, you know, and you'll see it as you go to these merchant stores, you know, please bring exact change. Um, due to a coin shortage and even now when I utilize my debit card um, they if you look on your bank card or your checking card or credit card or whatever it has a little wave symbol and you know um, so I just did a quick test I purchased some things and um, I tapped my card and it didn't ask me for uh, a pin didn't ask me for any type of verification and it just went on through and to me that that is uh I don't I don't that's astounding like because if you go to a bank pump and you can either choose debit or you put in your pin code or you can use credit where you type in uh, your zip code to verify your card. You know, now they have it where you tap your card and five seconds later, they tell you to select your grade. You know, so I wonder the premise behind that. Is there some type of uh, tracking or gridding? You know, um, I don't know. I'm just guessing. I have no idea, but that's just something I wonder. You know, the um, other thing that I wondered but I kind of got an answer to is uh, if you pay attention to American made vehicles, the gas, um, what do you call it? The gas canister or the gas, 
the words escape me. Like I'll realize once I edit it. But you know, where you pump your gas on American vehicles, it's on the driver's side. On foreign vehicles, it's on the passenger side. My guess, foreign countries you drive on the left side of the road. And on the in America, you drive on the right. And the only difference between American model foreign cars is that the steering wheel is actually on the left side versus it being on the passenger side. So the gas can still stays on the right side despite the whole system being moved to the left. I hope you're following me this as this goes on, but you know, just something that I wondered. Um, I'm going to stay away from politics, but um, <clears throat> I do want to touch on something. It wouldn't be me if I if I didn't. Um, one of the things that was alarming to me, and, you know, politics, first and foremost, I do not study it. I do not research. This is just me watching patterns. You know, um, one of the things that has stood out to me is that when the incident and you know prayers for those that were involved where the guy went and killed all of the uh, people at these Asian massage parlors it was this anti uh, Asian hate crime bill that was signed into law shortly thereafter whereas um, and I'm not even bringing the police into this you know it's more so the thing just like the shooting in North Car- in South Carolina or even going back to the Birmingham bombing of the church um, you know, or even present day in recent memory Dylan Roof you know there wasn't necessarily anything signed into law for that now granted there was two different um, presidencies or um, offices that resided at the time but you know um in that instance, you still would have some sort of revisionist history to like do that. You know, Asians make up 77% of the nation's population and African-Americans make up 13%. And it caused me to think a little, a little bit deeper, you know, um, just as such when uh, there was a bombing in Pearl Harbor in America, America within itself, they had these constant or incarceration camps for Asians, you know, because they weren't aware of who was a terrorist at the time, this, that, and the third. And um, at the end of that, the American government funded them um, in a mass of $3.5 billion, where each Asian inc- um, incarcerated Asian received uh, $20,000 at the time. Which equates to about forty thousand today, um, but yet and still um, we have reparations and you know the fight for that, you know, and and even so, you know, my honest opinion, reparations, yeah, it's nice. Um, I wouldn't necessarily fund it in terms of money. It would be more so in terms of. Uh, placing that into programs because I love my people and this isn't to be uh, how can I put it I don't want to profile or stereotype 
But if we each receive, let's say hypothetically, twenty thousand um, dollars, and this is, if I'm out of line, I'm out of line. But this is my opinion. You know, we're not going to do nothing with that money except for spend it. You know, uh, we're going to go to purchase a vehicle, or we're going to go to these high-end luxury uh, retailers and empty our money, such as you see a lot of people doing with PPP loans. And the first is taking that money and putting it, placing it into developing our community and um, utilizing it as a, as a incentive to start your own business. You know, it's so many businesses and that are around the black community that are funded by other races. I'll give you a prime example. I work with uh, people of various different ethnicities. I'm not gonna speak on which one in particular, but I was having a conversation. And you know, the young man, well, young man, as if I'm old, he was about my age. And he was saying that, you know, um, yeah, what we do is we all have this community where we came over from nothing. We got this. We have this job, and we work. And what we do is we work for more. We all have this collective. One person is responsible for food and everything, and we put our money into a pot to fund a business to get that person started. And then we do it the next person for the next month. And I'm just using months. It may take three or four months, but you know they have that community. Um, it all goes back to coming from nothing and seeing a gold mine. You know, um, there's one of the things that I think about. Um, you may have heard this term. It's called project baby. I'm a project baby, and that term, and I'm utilizing the term to say that. Sometimes, well, there are children who grow up in uh, poor, disenfranchised communities who live life who have no idea that they're broke or poor. You know, they look at it as a good old days and they make do. And as we grow into our adult selves, we become promulgated by. Um, the media and um, also by the wants of what our peers have you know we chase this wealth and um, we look to material things to personify wealth you know what I mean like it blows my mind and please understand I'm not judging anyone this is just strictly logical and me being pragmatic it blows my mind that someone would spend now now I'm, <laughs> now I'm saying this someone would spend $400 on a pair of tennis shoes or $1,000 on a purse right whereas that tennis shoe is going to depreciate in value unless you are a sneakerhead and you know the game or whatever but you know or you spend $250 on some flip-flops because it has a green, a red, and a green stripe. 
just to say that you have what is that is that gucci i believe that's gucci all the while like wealthy people and not to say that wealth is just like success but wealth money is lubricant to uh a comfortable life <clears throat> even my dad told me you know when I was 18 years old and I, I listened but you know I'm 18 I'm trying to be fresh I'm trying to do this that, and the third and he said son people people who have money don't they don't wear their money they don't want to be a target they don't want to be uh, placed in a different category you know you know where people with money they do they go to Walmart and they buy a t-shirt you ever see those people with these screen on t-shirts with Star Wars and you know superheroes and just vintage stuff that looks old? They buy that. They're not going out there and buying $85, $85 t-shirts or this and the third. You're taking that money, holding on to it, and they investing it. And <clears throat> you know, um, it all goes to, and I'm not speaking down as if and I, I try, I have to watch myself and I speak like this because it almost comes off as if I am somewhat of an elitist or I'm putting myself over anybody. It's, I don't call it that. I call it knowing better and um, living because I was once that guy. You know, I cared about, you know, having the freshest shoes. Man, seven years ago, I had, hey, every kind of Jordan you can name I still got them to this day maybe maybe I do maybe I don't but that shit is not valuable motherfuckers just collecting dust just collecting dust but anywho um, back to the point um, the last thing I want to touch on is well the second to the last thing I want to touch on is uh, society's ideals or our culture's ideals on uh, idolizing celebrities we gotta stop this uh, we have to be cognizant to understand that one they're either put there for a reason or you are one microcosm into society because you're falling under the shade of the, another's beliefs you know what I mean um, I'll give you a prime example um and please understand, like, I get it. You got it. It's a guilty pleasure. You got to get away. And I'm not judging. It's probably one of the reasons why people say that I come off as judgmental in this and the third. But it's just my personal choice. And I'm not saying that I'm right. So don't assume that I'm right. You know, but I look at I look at um, pages that I've unfollowed. I visit them from time to time. And pages such as uh, The Shade Room. You know, um, I look at the content that they post on that, and while maybe five percent of it is positive, the other ninety-five percent is bullshit. Or, and I say BS, not BS in terms of a negative impact, but most of it is. But also trying to uh, figure out a way to manipulate your mind to think a certain way. Um, another one is. Uh, Justin LeBoy you know what is it brother uh, 
salute to his grind. I'm not hating. Salute to his grind. But you have to be aware that you're conditioning men and women to think a certain way with your pose. And that's not his responsibility. That's not on him. He's making his way. But it's more so to have the awareness to know the difference between one and the other. What's entertainment and what's reality. Because if you're not careful, you become the sounding board for what you intake. Consciously, consciously, uh, by looking at certain things. You know, there was a podcast I was listening to that really had me out here tripping. It was uh, the 5150 show with Corey Holcomb. It started out um, with great content, stuff that I can get to. Then it just got clowny and all kind of conspiracy theories and standard third and threw me out of whack. It, it conditioned me to think a certain way. And I'm like, what, what, what was I on? Case in point. Um, and I'm not saying don't follow them or I just say, hey, follow it, man. Everybody needs an escape from reality at times. But just be cognizant that that is not everyone's life. And it all goes back to the next, goes into the next thing I want to talk about and to close it out. You know, for uh, a long time, you know, on my previous post I've had or previous podcast I've had this negative uh, depiction on uh, marriage and, and relationships and, and this time the third and you know I don't know what happened but it happened and I snapped out of it that is the few people I mean The way that I operate, I operate off of not what people tell me, not what people show me. I operate off of research and I look at patterns. If it's patterns behind it, then it's some, um, it's truth to me to a certain extent. But anywho, I I had this negative uh, outlook on, on marriage. And had this negative outlook on marriage and, um, you know, what a man could lose in marriage and this, that, and the third. And in essence, in hindsight, it was just me looking at the fact versus the apparent thing. Now, I, I feel like I'm losing my footing with this. Okay. So... A lot of that negative energy or that negative outlook on marriage stem from um, what I see working day to day, being out in the world, seeing what I see online, um, the dating landscape that exists out there, uh, the things that I see women that I think are respectable posts. And, you know, people can, uh, people are all, people will do this to you to death. They'll say, hey, what I post isn't always about me. Yes, the hell it is. Yes, the hell it is. I don't care what nobody say. LinkedIn is your business uh, acumen. Instagram 
is your um, personal card. It's your brand. What you post is your representation of you. And you give no one any other um, any rebuttal based off of what you post. Myself included. You know, um, there's a lot of things that go on in society today that I don't agree with. A lot. A lot. It's not my place anymore to speak on it. Um, one, I don't know who is going to catch that stray and is going to feel some type of way and, you know, end up hurting their feelings or, or things like that. So, going back to, you know, marriage and the standard third, I do believe, in all honesty, there are a lot of good women out there. Uh, I believe that there is uh, ones who have your best interests. And I believe there's a lot of weeds too. <laughs> and um, for my sisters out there as well, sisters, there's a lot of good men out there um, who have their head on straight. They may not be all the way together to the standard that um, the media projects or um, shade room projects or this and the third. I wish the heck I would spend $1,500 on some nails. Girl, you crazy. Child, please. <laughs> Ain't no How that song go? Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Um, but no. Um, I can only hope that there comes a point and I hope that it comes that something catastrophic happens. Not like life altering or life threatening, but something happens where it causes us to come together like glue and wake up and see through all this BS, all of the this wave of of conditioning that exists that is around us, this energy, this noise, and come to a sense of self-thinking i'm not sitting here on this podcast and lying to you like i got like i got it all together because i'm working through it myself you know um believing in the true essence of what you believe in and if your views if you disagree with my views cool good great you know have your own mind you know just don't don't be a zombie that is just like holding your phone and walking and taking in everything putting it in your pocket and that becoming your reality in terms of how you outlook into the world um the very last thing this is the very last thing what are we at? we're about 40 something minutes yeah i'm about to wrap up the very last thing that annoys me to the utmost is um, my brothers who sag their pants look at that I'm doing recording this podcast the same day that they said that uh, Bill Cosby's getting out because he was big on pulling your pants up or whatever but no um, I hate seeing it at the gas station I hate seeing it uh, at 
you know, places of business or, or just like out and about, man. And I'm not even pointing towards like the early 20s, 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds who are doing it. You know, people, they're going to do them. Hell, I had, I used to sag at that time. Not really. But I had the white t-shirts. I had the baggy clothes. I had the, you know what I mean, whatever was popping at the time. But, you know, the thing that is disheartening is I'm having brothers who, you know, are upper in age who are supposed to be OGs and being able to uh, set the example of what's cool. And they're doing the same exact thing. Like, for the life of me, I don't understand why you would want to walk around and you're continuously holding your pants up with one hand. You know what I mean? Or, like, showing your ass or your underwear or whatever. Like, or even dudes, older dudes who look at you and call you big bro. I don't understand that. And I don't even like being called bro. I'm being nitpicky right now, but it's just how I feel. Here I go. Maybe I sound judgmental, but this is just my thoughts. I'm open to rebuttals, but no, um, I wish that we could stop. I wish that women who have uh, significant others who sag, just to ask them, why do you sag your pants? See what they say. That's a challenge. That should be a challenge. That should make. They should make that a TikTok. Ask your mate why they sag their pants. Watch the response. Never mind. <laughs> but no, really, I wish that would happen. Um, to close, man, love to all. I hope that everyone is uh, maneuvering through life in the best way possible to the speed that they feel is possible. Um, understand that there are times where you will have your bad days. And hopefully the bad doesn't outweigh the good. If you exist in a place where something catastrophic is happening, you know, take it one day at a time, breathe and live in appreciation. You know, it was once told to me that, hell, if we all stand at a table and we throw all our problems at the table, out on the table, we'll be quick to snatch ours up. Because uh, true enough, you really don't know what people have going on. You know, or uh, the person that you're looking at who seems to have it all together, you have no idea what they're going through. And you may be better off than them, but it just looks good. Um, so, yeah, this thing called life. I like that. Q's Corner Podcast. Uh, kind of still like it. But, yeah, man, this is Q signing out. Um, the impromptu episode so I can practice on my editing. And to, you know, um, get my thoughts and decompress so I can start moving forward this new creative process. Um, that's the end. Okay. So if you're still here, um, these are the things that I have in line that I'm in lining up. Um, one, I am working towards developing a late night talk show. It's not going to be every night. It will be if all goes well it will be once a week where i have a guest uh, i want to kind of make it like a jimmy fallon type feel 
I'm ordering equipment as we speak um, where I have the Atlanta City backdrop, I have a desk, um, cameras, and drapery. Um, it's going to have that where I interview random people in terms of entrepreneurs, not just entrepreneurs, but just like random people, everyday people, and just like get their outlook, their ideal views on life so they can have something to show their children or show their family or friends or whatever. That's number one. Uh, the second thing I want to do is uh, continue with this podcast. Um, if life affords it, um, if life affords it, I can have my co-hosts, uh, Seth and Jazz, back along with, um, you know, working in a different dynamic or something that's more flexible. And, um, yeah, doing that. What I, well, and the last thing, which has been on my mind heavy, which is kind of making its way to the front, which is easy, the easiest to do. Well, there's two more things. Um, skits. I want to do like, I want to get people's creative ideas in terms of skits and um, tell stories that people can relate to and, you know, take them out their day. Some positivity. Um, shout out to Country Wayne. Shout out to Desi Banks. Uh, shout out to Jess Hilarious. She's great. Um, what's the other young lady's name? There's a lot of them. Um, but yeah. It doesn't even have to be about me. It could be other people doing it. I just want to, like, be a part of that creative process. That'd be dope. The very last thing is, uh, all in all, I want to have a web series that I place on YouTube. So I'm speaking this into existence, and I'm working. Uh, the thing is, is that I can't rush myself. I have to take steps at my own accord as well. And uh as this process is going i'm reaching out to people and i'm getting some positive responses and you know it's almost like uh planning a vacation hey you know i want to go to orlando bet i'm down to go i'm down to go two weeks later they flake they go they're just that way in the other anywho not to keep this long story long winded thank you for tuning in um yeah thank you for hearing the thoughts and love success peace Peace be on to you, and we out.